be like water. And then we had a conversation in class about like, well, what does that mean? Right, first of all, if there's no, you have the extra blue cheese. If you don't have extra blue cheese, don't even bring the plate over. I like the forearms more, you know, than the, than the, uh, the biceps. Yeah. Put it right in, pull it right out. You get two bones. If you do it right, you get, if you do it right like in New York, you only have two bones left. Yep. With Detroit's B.I.G., again, top tier. The dude was was unbelievable. Uh, his lyrics, his flow, and his influence, I think, on on, on the rap game, the hip-hop game at that time was was unparalleled. Okay. And whether it was a, a Hopi story or not, but during the 2016 Olympic Games, I remember the commentators came out and they said, you know, this may be quite an interesting thing this year. The Javelin Olympic champion in 2016 in Rio was a man who, when he was at least this is how I remember the story. He, he said, well, how did you learn how to javelin? And the guy says, YouTube. Yeah, that's where I kind of stumbled onto it. Um, I was trying to see how Mike Allstott trained because this dude was a freak. And I figured if I could lift like him, I could do the stuff he does. So I kind of, that's where I started researching that and found out that he was using chains. And then that kind of led me, kind of stumbled on some articles from Dave Tate and Louie. They feel like the guy across from them is faster. So they gotta get their hips turned so they can mirror them and play more basketball. It's like, no, stay strong, use your strength and body, punch, sit down, and control the guy across from you. Because if he's faster than you, he's not stronger than you. Oh, bone. Yeah, uh, that's no. a little bit. That's a little bougie. That's a little bougie. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, Buffalo style chicken tenders. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's no good. That's out. That's soft. Yeah, that, that's that. soft. If you can't enjoy going to work, you shouldn't go there. You know, if you can't enjoy the people that you're around, you know that that just isn't something you need to be a part of. It's toxic, in fact. So you know, you just have to move on. You know, we're kind of all a sum total of everything we've done, but when we bump in each other's lives, no, we don't really know what that is. But I I love finding out about people's stories. Listening to the Iron Dread Podcast. We're back live on your Iron Dread Podcast. After much of a hiatus, the show is back. Been a crazy few months, folks. Thank you for tuning in again. I'm your host, as always, Chris Whitaker. This week, we're going to have a episode with Mr. Ken Koenig, formerly assistant principal of Dexter High School, now principal of Mill Creek Middle School, in our very own uh, Dexter Community Schools out here in Michigan. This episode was recorded a while back with Ken um, while he was still the assistant principal, actually. Um, and you know, we want to send this one out as our first one coming back as uh, you know, a thank you to Mr. Koenig for all he did for us at the high school, and we wish him the best at Mill Creek. But before we get to this episode with Mr. Koenig, we have coming up February 12th our Iron Dread Michigan High School Powerlifting Association Regional Meet at our very own Dexter High School. And as per tradition, we have many sponsors that have donated uh, their support to help us out with this meet. And I'm going to tell you about all of them here right now. One of the best senior living communities in Dexter, Michigan, the Cedars of Dexter offers a perfect balance between active lifestyle 
and a carefree life. The Cedars of Dexter is an independent living community that empowers residents to build enriching and fulfilling lives. With many of their craftsman-style luxury homes, seniors can have the life they've always wanted, and they'll take care of the home maintenance for you so people have more time for more meaningful pursuits. For more information about the Cedars of Dexter, call 734-792-9702. In addition to the Cedars, we have the Chelsea Retirement Community. The flagship campus of the United Methodist Retirement Communities has been recognized as one of the finest senior living communities in Chelsea and Southeast Michigan since its faithful founding in 1906. Residents will feel the benefits of that legacy as they step foot onto the historic 58-acre campus, which includes independent living, assisted living, memory care support, skilled nursing, and rehabilitative care options. From the beautiful surroundings and a wealth of amenities to the warmth of the residents and expert team members, you'll find endless opportunities for your lifestyle. For more information about the Chelsea Retirement Community, call 734-808-3610. The next sponsor is Schneider Farms. Are you looking for some farm-raised and fresh beef? Check out Schneider Farms of Ann Arbor, Michigan. 734-996-8493. Total Building Services. And Mr. Trond Darby. Any residential or commercial building service, call Tron at 734-320-3605 or email him at trond at totalbuilding.org. Metzger's German Restaurant, a dining tradition since 1928. Available for dine-in or carry-out options, open for lunch and dinner, and on Sundays. Visit them at 305 North Sea Road in Ann Arbor in the Baxter's Plaza. Give them a call at 734-668-8987 or visit metzgers.net for more information. And Holiday's Restaurant, where every day is a celebration. Visit them at West Stadium Boulevard in Ann Arbor or at HolidaysRestaurant.com. Washington Meats. They bring together Southeast Michigan livestock farmers to share in the process and effort to help market and sell their products and educate local consumers to the value and quality of locally produced meats. They offer locally raised beef, pork, lamb, goat, and chicken, and meats from all local and family farms here in the Washtenaw County area. They got multiple options for people to choose from, whether 100% grass-fed beef or maybe uh, beef finished with non-GMO grain. They offer a variety of bundle boxes as well. Visit their website, washingallmeats.com, place your order and give them a try. Justice Junction, looking for some different arts and crafts, custom jobs from wood, acrylic, slate, and more? Visit Justice Junction. Their email is justicejunction at gmail.com. Check them out at justicejunction1 on Facebook. That's J-U-S-T-Y-C-E-J-U-N-C-T-I-O-N, the number one on Facebook. Trust, peace of mind, total security. Prudential Security Incorporated is a security guard company with home offices in Taylor, Michigan that provide on-site security guard services and mobile patrol services for commercial and residential properties. Prudential Security provides an impressive array of security services, including armed or unarmed guards, uniformed or plainclothes guards, guards that are on foot, segway, or on vehicle patrol. All these security guards are professionally licensed, so if you have a need for security in your area, please Call Prudential Security at 
1500 or visit their website, prudentialsecurity.com. Mr. Trey Goodrich at Superior Compliance International, a domestic limited liability company here in Dexter, Michigan. Visit them at 11415 Castleton Court, Dexter, Michigan 48130. Eliza Scholes Photography. Eliza, she loves delivering gifts and that's exactly how she sees her photography. She's gonna deliver gifts to people through the shooting experience. Eliza is the official photographer of our Iron Dread Regional. You can contact her at elizasholesphotography.com or give her an email at Shoals, S-C-H-U-L-Z, photo, P-H-O-T-O-G, at gmail.com or call 734-945-4968 and tell her you heard about her on the Iron Dread Podcast. The OG sponsor, Crank It Up DJ Service and Line Dance Instruction. Visit crankitupdjdancing.com for booking and availability. Mr. Nate Harvey and his book, Conjugate You. Visit EliteFTS.com to purchase your copy of Conjugate You, the ultimate guide to conjugate training with athletes. And last but certainly not least, Two White Lights Weightlifting, a USAW official club owned by Kelly Garver, National and Pan Am Masters Champion, the 2019 and 2020 World Silver Medalist, and 2019 and 2020 Best Lifter, USAW Level 2 Coach, Kelly Garber, and two White Lights Lifter. So there you have it, folks, all of our sponsors. Please uh, support all of these local businesses that are doing their part to help support the Iron Dread Podcast and Iron Dread Powerlifting this year so without any further ado we're going to dive into this episode episode number 64 with mr ken caning the new principal at mill creek middle school in dexter michigan hello my name is brennan percheck i'm a student athlete at dexter high school and you are listening to the iron dread podcast all right, and here we are. We're back live to record here on your Iron Dread podcast. I'm sitting in with today's special guest, Mr. Ken Kading, principal, assistant principal here at Dexter High School. Mr. Kading, welcome to the show. More Coach Witt. Thanks for having me on. I'm, uh, I'm excited to be here. Thank you for making up some time in your schedule to come in here. Excited. Well... We kick it off the same way every time. Normally, this is where I would be opening up my can of Jocko Discipline <laughs> energy drink, um, a uh, you know sponsor that I'm trying to gain. Right? I love Jocko Willink, a U.S. Navy SEAL, and all his stuff. Um, you know, trying to switch from the you know the higher caffeine rain energy drinks that have become uh, something in my life to Jocko's. A much better energy drink. I'll have to try those. I, I saw you having one the other day. I was kind of interested. They're they're not bad. Much better than for you, I'd say, than the rain. Um, but I ran out, and they 
don't sell them at any stores. So this first question is still sponsored by Jocko Discipline uh, Energy Drinks. Jocko, right, hit me up. I want to have you be an official energy drink uh, partner of the Iron Dread Podcast. And that first question that we always start out is, is kind of how did you get here to where you are? How did you become assistant principal here at Dexter High School? What's your path that you took? All right. So um, I started teaching here at Dexter High School in 2001. Uh, I'd been teaching at uh, East Detroit High School in uh, south end of Macomb County uh, for six years prior to that, coaching football, coached baseball, coached track there, um, taught social studies, and lived here in Dexter the whole time. So um, with my wife being from Dexter, this was the place we had identified where we wanted to to settle down, raise our family. So for uh, five and a half years, drove 75 miles each way uh, every morning. Had a lot of uh, a lot of talk radio, a lot of sports radio. Uh, this was way before podcasts or anything of that of the good stuff where you could actually select what you wanted to hear. Um, every, every day doing that, and um, uh, had been talking to a guy who was the football coach here at that time, a guy named Pat Little. And I was like, listen, I'm, I'm driving home every day. I'm coaching football there, and I've got young kids, so I'd love to be able to coach somewhere a little bit closer to home. I'm going to be here. Any, if you need any help, kind of gave my resume. Um, well, heck, I was out uh, actually at football practice. So I was out at football practice, and um, we were getting ready to go on a break, and I got a call, and um, it was Coach Little. He said, when can you get here for an interview? I said, uh, when do you want me? He goes, can you get here at 2 o'clock? I said, all right, guys, practice is done. Enjoy your lunch. Uh, jumped in a car, uh, drove all the way back here, interviewed. I think that was on a Wednesday afternoon. Um, Thursday afternoon, I got hired at Dexter High School. Uh, sat on a bus for a tour on Friday of the district. And at that time, uh, the head coach, Tom Barberry, walked on. I had no idea who he was, pointed at me, said, you're coaching football. You're coaching football. I was like, okay, I, I guess so. And this was, that was game week. That was Friday night, game one. They were playing Jackson Parma Western. So uh, uh, I didn't coach that night, but, but, you know, drove out, watched the team, and uh, it was all done from there. So got it, landed a great job at, at Dexter High School. My commute cut by 72 miles, and um, then had uh, the unbelievable ability to to teach with the fantastic kids and the great staff here at Dexter High School. Coached football for a long time and about, uh, oh heck, Kit Moran came on uh, staff, I want to say about 2006, 2007. I was still in the classroom. Uh, he came town to me one day and at that time the, there was one assistant principal full-time, the principal, and then there was a halftime gig to where they spent half the time at, at the high school and then half the time at Mill Creek. They went back Monday, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, Tuesday, Thursday. He approached me about that, and I said, well, ideally, I'd love to see that be a halftime every day. So they worked it out. I became halftime assistant principal in the afternoon. I taught PE in the morning, right down in your neck of the woods, Coach. Mm -hmm. And then uh, about a year and a half later, they converted it to a full-time assistant principal gig that I've been doing um, since then. And that's all she wrote, you know, the fantastic ability to just build a staff, lead people, um, put a positive vibe into the building and uh, do things the right way. So 
Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Yeah, I mean, you know, coming here and and one thing that we you touched on right from the beginning, you started somewhere else, and then came here. So I think those of us that have been in other places when we get the opportunity to come to a great place like where we are now we appreciated that much more oh and it was um, after the first week here at Dexter High School I it, it was such a odd feeling because it was such a different place I had um, I had been breaking up fights outside my classroom about two or three times a week um, I came here and it was different, you know. You 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 were you were able to engage kids at a different level because there was a lot less noise going on around them in their lives. Um, but those those six years that I spent at East Detroit High School, um, unbelievable value to my career. Um, that staff there was so tight. I'm still friends with a lot of the kids. Um, that heck now they're. 35 some of them are even 40 at this point uh, and it, it's they have kids who are graduating high school with and it, it's it's lifelong friends that came out of that place and uh, a place I'll never forget yeah it's we always remember where we where we come from al- along the path like it, and when we go to those 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 schools where those kids as you said they have more to more on their plate than just coming into our classrooms and passing our classes, right? Yeah, it's, uh, um, I had a couple kids that they basically worked 40 hours a week while attending school full time uh, because they had to, because their parents needed that money to help them pay the rent or to pay the mortgage or to pay for a car that allowed them to get to work. It was was, um, truly eye-opening and then such a different world to come here. Not saying that we don't have those kind of students here uh, walking the halls at Dexter High School and Dexter Community Schools. It's just less obvious. Mm-hmm. It's less obvious, and uh, um, it's you. You have to pay attention, and, and if you if you really walk the hallways and you pay attention, and you interact with everybody, you can see those kids, and those are the kids that I love working with. And go and reach down and pull them up and let them know, hey, everything's going to be all right. Just keep grinding, because mm-hmm. you, if you stop that grind then you lose and, and life will not change. The idea is to break that cycle, you know, to be better than the generation before you. Mm-hmm. Yep, and grow. It's, uh, like I said, it's, a, it's always fun to, to work, with the, work with those. And I think we make some of the biggest impacts as educators with, with those kids where they're looking for us to help, help guide them and see that we struggled too at some point. And that's all our kids, not just our, our kids that um, are, you know, having to really struggle while they're here in school. Like, we teach kids how to push through adversity. We teach kids how to do things and accomplish things more than what they thought they could. Um, and, then, you know, everybody starts at a different spot. Yeah. So um, we'll, uh, we're, we're going to jump here into our speed set questions, and then we'll kind of come back. Uh, up there to the top and talk a little bit about your coaching experiences that you brought up. Uh, these speed set questions are meant to be fast, but they never are. They almost always just <laughs> they just spur off different side conversations. Perfect. And, and that's what makes them fun. Okay. Um, now, the, the first one here that I always ask, being a Michigan-based uh, podcast here, um, is something that I had to learn um, – <laughs> 
you know, bef- <laughs> before coming here. Yes. Um, yes. Once I started dating my wife and she was, you know, talking about Michigan, and I'm like, oh, yeah, that's the Spartans, right? Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Um, oh. Even even went as far as to uh, to mock her one time and saying that I was going to root for Michigan State in the NCAA basketball tournament. <laughs> that gets you, get you a couple sideways looks, I'm sure. Hey, but in Sanford, North Carolina, nobody knew the difference. <laughs> so, go blue or go green, what is your pick, Mr. Caney? Go go blue. Go blue all the way. Um, growing up in Michigan, it's uh, you, you are one or the other. And uh, uh, growing up in the time where I did, where you listen to Bob Ufer on the radio mm-hmm. on a Saturday, and um, and Bo Schembechler mm-hmm. and that whole crew came through with, uh, you know, it, it, it was it was just a magical part of my of my childhood. I remember the first time I went to a Michigan game. It wasn't until I was a sophomore in high school, and they played Long Beach State and absolutely whacked them. Mm-hmm. Um, friend of mine, his dad had tickets, and we sat up in the uh, uh, the very tippy top of the south end zone, and uh, it, it I just I remember it like it was yesterday. It, it had just. You walk into that place and you get chills. Mm-hmm. Been to the, uh, you know, every year I could possibly go, I went to the Michigan football camp. And uh, the greatest day of that camp is when you get to walk through the tunnel onto the onto the field of the big house. Mm-hmm. And at that time, Coach Jerry Hanlon was uh, the offensive line coach. And he would, like, you would stop at the top of the tunnel. And then he would go into this grand speech about the history and the players that came down that tunnel. And, and it gave you goosebumps. And I remember walking on that field, and you just look up, and that place is empty. It's it's mammoth. Mm-hmm. It looks even bigger when there's when it's filled with 110,000 people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and it's just it's I, you get that feeling. And I've been in Spartan Stadium. I've coached in Spartan Stadium, and uh, it, it's not the same. It's not the same. So no. I haven't been up there yet, but I can already tell, tell you it's not, it's not the same. Um, being, you know, when we were in North Carolina, got to go to UNC Chapel Hill um, and watch them play, um, who would they play that day? Virginia Tech. Uh, we went to that game in an absolute downpour. We went to a game at Duke when Duke Duke played. I think Duke was playing North Carolina. The, the Neither one of those places could even touch Michigan Stadium. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 a pretty special place. Yeah. And for me, like I've gotten I've gotten a chance through my father-in-law, Big John. You know, I got, I've gotten to do what you're saying, like walk down that tunnel. You know, when we would go to the games, we we'd come in the tunnel, and you know, because we were family, we got to go and walk down through there. So yeah, it is it is something special. And if uh, anybody out there isn't a, you know a Michigan person, and you get a chance to tour Michigan Stadium. Even if you're not a fan of the Wolverines, go check that out. It, it, it's definitely a must. I, I put it I, I put it right up there with Fenway Park. Uh, go on a tour there, Wrigley Field. Mm-hmm. Uh, Wrigley Field before there were lights. Um, super special place, but it, I don't know. The big house is, is pretty sweet. It's uh, and it is cool. It is cool. All right. So next one, favorite movie. Is, this is a tough one. Um, you know, it's kind of, I judge it by as you sit there and start flipping through the channels. Like, if it comes on, you can't pass it up. Mm-hmm. Um, I would probably have to say that number one is uh, um, 
great baseball movie, greatest baseball movie of all time, Bull Durham, mm-hmm. starring Kevin Costner. Mm-hmm. Um, it's being a you know growing up a baseball a baseball guy. Um, it's such a quotable movie, and and every single baseball player, every single baseball nerd, you can throw out. You can have a whole conversation of movie quotes back and forth, and. And if the people around you have never seen it, they have no idea what you're talking nope. about, and you could be laughing all over the place. Nope. Um, <laughs> it's it's great, you know. And um, uh, probably the second one, the the other one is tied right up there is Wedding Crashers. That is a good one. I, I absolutely love those guys. Uh, Vince Vaughn when he gets into that mode where he just starts peppering people with questions and, and answering his own questions, mm-hmm. um, it, it's it's awesome. I, I, my wife hates it. I love it. Oh, that's a great, yeah, <laughs> a great movie. Right. The, the Wedding Crashers movies, um, the Wedding Crasher movie, and with those two guys, uh, especially, you know, I agree. Vince Vaughn, quite funny. I like I like Owen Wilson. Like he's like, like he looks at you and he just talks in this soft tone and smiles. Yeah, yeah it, uh, in the internship, they had the same chemistry, yep. and it's another good one. Um, but yeah, it's it's you know that whole kind of crew where you go. Uh, wedding crashers, the internship, old school, mm-hmm. um, that whole crew of guys—they just—they yeah. make me laugh uncontrollably. Oh yeah, I, lo- I love them, and I love I love Sandler's crew. Oh yes, oh, too. Yes. Grown ups one, grown ups oh, two, yeah. all of those guys. Oh yeah. man, I, I used to kid around with people. I said, if they ever make a movie about my life, I want Kevin James to play me. <laughs> it, it, as the mall cop, or as. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> As the guy from Grown Ups, <laughs> I don't know which one. It had to be some somewhere in the middle. He'd have to lean up a little bit, all right, to, to play me, all right. But it'd be good. And he's a he's a New York guy too. Yeah, uh, he is. Kevin James. I think he he was um he went to I think he went to University of Cortland, our 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 rival from oh. the New York State College at Brockport. All right, so along the same lines, we go from the big screen to the small screen. Do you have a favorite television show? Oh, um, for a while there, I was hooked on um, on Blackish. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, they do a fantastic job of talking about social issues and bringing light to it, and mm-hmm. letting it uh, kind of taking the air out of some pretty tough situations that happen in uh, society today. And it's and it's funny, mm-hmm. um, but I mean. You, it's it's kind of hard to beat um, uh, anything on the Cooking Network. Mm-hmm. Guy Fieri, I, I oh, could yeah. watch that dude every day. Diners, drive-ins, and dives. I could do a marathon, and so bad that when when we go on family trips somewhere, I will Google what Diners, drive-ins, and dives <laughs> places, so that if we're in an area, I'm like I'm going there because I got to try this because I saw it in you know. Um, yeah, and then, yeah, yeah, it's Food Network. It's it's tough. <laughs> it's awesome. <laughs> I enjoy those too. Hey, uh, I, I do the same thing. If I'm going to a new town, I'm gonna find a, a place that was on Diners, Drive-ins, and Dives, or my favorite, Man vs. Food. Yes. Travel Channel. I'm uh, not Food Network, but s- similar things. Uh, if if Guy's been there, or Adam Richman has been there, or Anthony Bourdain's been there, I want to go. Yeah, I want to go check yeah. those places out. Yeah, both of those both those cats have been to Blimpy Burger mm-hmm. and did an episode. That's yep. Uh, yep. 
Uh, I have not been there yet. Oh, Coach Witt. I've heard the stories. Coach Witt. I've heard get a, it. You know. Get a quad with a fried egg. Oh, my gosh. I mean, I, I, I've heard I've heard the tales. Uh, my father-in-law loves it. You know, oh. he's been in Ann Arbor since 1976 or something like that. Oh, it's 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 delicious. It's I, I like the old location a little bit better, you know, because they used to be more on campus, and then mm-hmm. it, it turned into a university housing area. So now they're more off of uh, – off a of, um, main street mm-hmm. down that way uh but yeah the 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 original smash burger in mm-hmm. ann arbor it's just good stuff i gotta i gotta go check that place out they um one time you know we talk about like man versus food and stuff i think guy fietti's been there too there's a place in connecticut and we would go out there to go line dancing at this place um the cadillac ranch and just outside the cadillac ranch was a place called Ted's Restaurant. It was like, you know, maybe a 20-minute drive away. And Ted's Restaurant does steamed cheeseburgers. Ooh. So they had like a, it looked like a smoker box. Yeah. But it was, you know, they just had a heat element in the bottom, and it created a ton of steam. And the steam cooked the burgers, and the steam melted the cheese, and they would give you, you know, they put your burger on a, on a, a bun and then take the cheese out of this little metal tray thing and just scrape it on there. I think I saw that episode. The boxes are yeah. relatively small. Yeah, they're not big. Yep, yep. Yeah, yep. That's, that's uh, food. That's, that's great stuff. Oh, yeah. I love <laughs> the greasier, the better. Got to love it. One of our, one of our um, partners, Pit Boss Grills. Pit Boss. Uh, Pit Boss is one of our, one of our partners, so uh, we got uh, all, kinds of, all kinds of fun stuff getting cooked on the Pit Boss. I actually... Just told Mr. Koenig before we started recording, I have some of my uh, smoked queso from a place that I'm also trying to get involved with, the Meat Church. The Meat Church? I'm trying to become a the Archbishop of the Meat Church, Wachahatchee, Texas, Meat Church, uh, love your stuff too. Um, and I made their smoked queso recipe, and that's what I got for you. I'll have to check them out. Oh, yeah. I love uh, I love cooking. Can't yeah. go wrong with Meat Church. They got a ton of videos on YouTube uh, with all their recipes, and they have they sell their um, their rubs now at Ace Hardware. Phil Jacobs got me turned on to this right here in town. Uh, at any Ace Hardware, really? I, bought, I bought mine in Chelsea. Um, I was looking at them all, and I'm like, oh, which one are we gonna get? They got all these different ones, right? I finally just said, there's five here for me, church. All right, I'll just get all Get five. them all. <laughs> <laughs> I got all five, so we mix them up. But we'll talk more about food here in a second. But what would you say is your number one hobby? Oh, like a hobby is something that you enjoy doing. Um, I, you know, it it's kind of locational. Like we'll go, we'll go down to Florida a couple times every year, and there's nothing like saltwater fishing. It's it's it, it, you never know what you're gonna catch. Um, usually in a nice like a, out on a beach or out on a boat, you're seeing you know you're seeing all sorts of different wildlife, and and it it's also super relaxing. So that I would probably say that's like the number one the number one thing. I grew up um, in a hunting and fishing family. Um, then I married uh, my wife, <laughs> so, like extreme animal lover Mm -hmm. so i kind of had to let that that hunting part go to the wayside but uh um completely grew up fishing and and love it and 
unfortunately, saltwater fishing has absolutely ruined freshwater fishing fishing for me. Mm-hmm. You know, a, a, a big a big freshwater fish is um, it's bait <laughs> for saltwater fish. Yep. And uh, you know, the last couple times we've gone down there, me and my nephews uh, have really really my nephews have turned on. Uh, they they want to catch sharks, mm-hmm. and they've been. Uh, last time they went down this past spring, they were catching uh, six and seven foot bull sharks. Um, so it, it's we're going down in a couple weeks, and uh, I'm sure we're, there's going to be some pretty late nights or that turn into early mornings, uh, catch, catching bait and catching bull sharks. So I, I'm excited for that. It'll be a lot of fun. The the bull shark. I was, I was gonna. I'm glad you brought up sharks because I was going to ask you if you ran into any down there. Um, but the bull shark, I'm, I'm, shark week coming up, that's right, best yep. week of summer. The bull shark, most aggressive shark in the ocean is the bull shark. Completely. You know, so what is it like to get one of those a six or seven foot bull shark on the other end of a fishing pole? It's, um, I've never been, I've never pulled one in, um, but it's, it's crazy. It's, you, you know, you catch a fish. And you feel the tip of that, you feel the tip of that rod go, or that vibration come through. A shark is different. It takes it, and it just runs. It takes if you have three hundred yards of line, three hundred yards of line are going, mm-hmm. and then it'll absolutely stop. And you try to you try to crank this thing in, and you think you hooked a rock. It's mm-hmm. just, it's 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 exhausting. You know, usually they'll they'll take off and you try to do anything with it and it's just a matter of them turning their head bink, mm-hmm. and the line goes yeah. um, you get them close enough and then you really contemplate whether you want them in the boat <laughs> <laughs> like what okay I got it here what am I going to do now yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, well, a, a six foot bull shark is going to be a couple hundred pounds easy probably close to a thousand pounds easily and like if you like the circumference of their heads probably close to 18 inches um and, and like you can get it close enough and you can feel their skin their skin feels really smooth if you rub from the head to the tail and it's really rough when you go the opposite way mm-hmm. but it looks smooth all over the place yeah. um they're just unbelievable just just so sleek such a cool looking animal um and they're everywhere so like uh, you know you watch shark week and they they'll talk about um uh like the breeding grounds for bull sharks and they talk about them coming into the rivers and into the brackish waters mm-hmm. off of the coast of Florida and how far in they go. Mm-hmm. They'll go in a couple hundred miles. They'll get into Lake Okeechobee, uh, mm-hmm. which is almost dead in the center of the, the bottom of the state. And they have the ability to adapt to, to freshwater. Mm-hmm. So they come in and they lay their pups. And they're talking like a couple thousand, a couple thousand bull sharks being in places where when you go down there, you see people swimming all over the place, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it's it it really now makes you think once you catch them, where you swim, yep, <laughs> they're around you all the time. Yep, they're so. always there, they're, and and that's why some people really like uh, the, the Great Lakes because yes, <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, they're not swimming, they're not swimming up the St. Lawrence Seaway into Lake Michigan no. or even in the lake here on or Erie. So yeah, the biggest thing we got to worry about in Lake Michigan is what a, a northern pike or something like that, right? Yeah, they might <laughs> nibble your toe. Yeah, yeah, so. a bull shark would, uh, you know, 
dwarfs those things. But we talked with, you know, when, when I had Miss Walls on, we were talking about, uh, you know, about alligators down there. Like, you talk about not only not only now the bull sharks are coming into this turf, but that same water is going to be shared by alligators. Oh, yeah. Um, like, even if you walk, on, like, because so we go to Marco Island, so there's, there's all these little, like, inland ponds and everything, and every pond has a little sign in there basically says, beware of the alligators mm-hmm. you don't necessarily see them but then you know people are walking their dogs and if you look close enough you see little eyeballs that pop up above the water and uh, it's, it's no joke man it, it's very different than living in michigan mm-hmm. <laughs> you know we got to deal with a raccoon or a possum every once in a while mm-hmm. now you know coyotes are hot mm-hmm. but it's not coyotes not an alligator no <laughs> no, no. The coyote, the coyote's not going to stay hidden and then all of a sudden jump out of nowhere and pull you into the water with yeah. it. Yeah. And you know, people say like, you know, I've heard people, you know, people, Animal Planet or whatever, uh, you know, they talk about alligators. Oh yeah, they're just frogs with sharp teeth. Mm. <laughs> I don't. No. I mean, I don't know if I want to mess around with that frog. With no, the, you, no you, you you play golf in Florida, mm-hmm. and it. It's a different element to the game. <laughs> you know, you're not you're not looking for your golf ball. It goes into the tall weeds. It goes into the water. You just reach in your bag. You grab another one. Yeah, that one's gone. <laughs> that, that, one, that one is gone. Uh, you're, those one, the alligators can have have that one. Absolutely. All right. So the the next one, I purposely put this one about midway through, and and this is this is something that you know I really pride myself on. Uh, here, you know, being from New York, you know, we know two things in New York. We know pizza and we know chicken wings. When I meet new people, uh, I often get a gauge on how our friendship is going to go based on their answer to this question. <laughs> you were in the room when I, I asked our new principal, Miss Melody Nowak, this question. And we won't give her answer because eventually she's going to be on the show too here. But you, Mr. Koenig, what are you going to order for your chicken wings? How are you going to order them? What side, if any, are you dipping them in? I know this question is near and dear to your heart. Correct. Um, and I think I gave you a little hint in that conversation last week. Um, chicken wings without bones or chicken nuggets? Or even, some might even say chicken tenders, depending on how sensitive you are. Mm -hmm. Nuggets, tenders, same thing. Usually nuggets are shaped, right? It's just, it's it's all the leftovers. Um, Chicken wings, uh, I'm I'm a super spicy food lover. I am probably the worst person. Like if someone said, hey, is that hot? I'm probably gonna tell you no. And it's probably gonna light you up. Um, I've been that way since I've been little. so we're going wings with bones. Um, I'm not. I'm not particular to whether they're the drummy or the flat. All wings, in my in my view, are created equally. Mm-hmm. They are to be eaten. Um, and I, 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 the fir- I remember the first time that I had, uh, buffalo style wings. Mm-hmm. My uncle, his wife was from Buffalo, New York, and they int- you know we came over there for a visit and all my cousins and they're like oh you gotta have wings uh. and the magic of the frank's red hot blended with melted butter and then you dip something that you get to eat in it 
I, who needs blue cheese? Blue cheese in my head, ranch gets in the way. Um, that's that spicy, tangy, just goodness mixed with butter. Mm-hmm. Man, that's um, if if I had to go, I don't know. I, I I can go blue cheese or I can go ranch. Doesn't matter um, to me. Ranch from in my head uh, goes better on pizza. Mm-hmm. than it does on wings blue yep. cheese is kind of built for wings but that's i think blue cheese is kind of like the fire extinguisher if the wings are too hot mm-hmm. you know which doesn't ever happen to be and the case with me i'd rather just wipe my forehead and dig in for another one yeah those the hot wings like i have respect for them i can appreciate them uh but i get hiccups as soon as i gave him tread lightly right my buddy, Brother Steve, right? shout out to Brother Steve. He's been on the show before. All right, he's like you. He loves to eat super spicy things. He actually went and uh, he was at Buffalo Wild Wings and for fun did the blazing Ooh. challenge. Ooh. You ever done any uh, spice challenges like that? I, I have I have not done the actual challenge, but I have sampled the wings that are in that challenge. Mm-hmm. They are hot. Yeah. They are hot. Like immediate sweat coming to your forehead, mm-hmm. upper lip. Uh, don't rub your eyes. No. Oh heck no, heck no. No, it's so. uh, I, I was I was not willing. To, I, I'd had one, one wing from that blazing challenge, and I just immediately burst into hiccups. I'm like, this is a waste of time. I'm glad I didn't order a whole thing. <laughs> of this. It, it kind of ruins the rest of the wings. Oh for yeah, you. you can't enjoy the rest of it. Yeah. Now we would have in, in New York, where I'm from, in the Kingston area, we had a wing fling. They call it. Where you bought your ticket and it was like, uh, you know, like they do like food truck festivals or whatever. You buy your ticket and that gets you in and you get like a little sample from all these different businesses. And, you know, I'm walking around living, you know, living a dream. Right. Yeah. You know, walk over, give me my little ticket. They give me two or three wings. I try this one. I try this one. I go to this one place. I forget the name of the business or outside shout them out. They have on their sign. Screaming peach wings, Ooh. Uh, and I'm going. I don't know, right? A little hot, little sweet. Oh, or hey. a lot of hot, a little sweet. I will describe the whole thing to you. <laughs> so you pick up that wing. It's got like a. It's almost like a barbecue color with like a. It looks like a, a light glaze to it. Right. Mm-hmm. You take a bite into it, and you're immediately hit with this beautiful sweetness, peach flavor. Right. Then all of a sudden, right, the, you know, like a volcanic eruption starts at about your clavicle bone, <laughs> and you just feel the fireball spinning around your throat as it comes up. Yes, sir. And then flies from your mouth with a dragon-like inferno. Uh, but, man, they were so good, I couldn't stop eating them. Somewhere yeah. there's a video of me, like, eyes watering, nose running, but I couldn't, I couldn't just, stop. Just taking the hit from him. Mm-hmm. Um, that good. Coach, I don't know if you, my latest, uh, probably my latest addiction, food addiction, is Mike's Hot Honey. I think I've heard of that before. I think it's Brother pre- Steve has that. It's, it's pretty good. Um, went to uh, a graduation party this past weekend, mm-hmm. and um, uh, Cottage Inn was catering, and they had um, chicken and waffles homemade waffles right there on the site yeah and i drizzled the entire plate with mike's hot honey oh yeah. oh my gosh you want to talk about just this a symphony of flavors yeah going off inside your head oh yeah the sweet and the heat together oh. and just like you explained 
sweet on the front end and then the slow burn that just kind of <laughs> keeps rolling in the back and you the kind of burn where you can't stop eating yeah. like you got to take another bite just to get the sweet to revisit to kind of put the flames out yep oh, oh yeah i know, know that well absolute goodness mike's mike's hot honey we'll, we'll have to have to check that out and get that going Hey, this is Joe Cahill from Kingston, New York, Kingston High School track and field and cross country coach. You are listening to the Iron Dread podcast. Go Tigers! Hello, this is Rob Schwartz, teacher at Dexter High School, and you're listening to the Iron Dread podcast. All right, so moving down the list here, I know you're you're a guy who's physically active and that you're you're training, and we can you know talk more about kind of what you're what you're training and what you're doing right here. Uh, but do you have a, uh, you know, a favorite exercise or a favorite style of, of training that you like to implement? Uh, my favorite exercise is um, uh, Arnold presses. Uh, that military press, like I used to do straight bar military press. And then after quite a while of doing it, um, I developed uh, tendonitis, bicep tendonitis. Kind of, you know, you talk to Trevor O'Brien, our, our trainer here at Dexter High School. He's fantastic. I came in, kind of explained to him where it was, and it's it's weird. It doesn't you, you wouldn't think it would be connected like a bicep issue, but it's it's this tendon that runs underneath your deltoid and attaches at the top of your shoulder, and but it feels like your shoulder mm-hmm. is in pain. Um, I said, so what, he goes, what exercise do you, I said, well, you know, standing or sitting military press with a straight bar. He goes, well, that puts your, puts your shoulder in an abnormal body position. Mm-hmm. So it took about six or seven weeks for that to go away. Um, and then I kind of looked for alternate exercises and the, the Arnold dumbbell press, uh, came up and now I'm, I am absolutely addicted to it. Like shoulder day. I cannot wait to to, to sit down and get those elbows nice and tucked about about shoulder level take them take the elbows out push them up uh, four sets of 12 working at 25 30 35 up to 45 and uh, uh, like truly get absolutely burned and wasted in my shoulders mm-hmm. um, and it'll hurt for a couple days but a good hurt um, I, I, that's my favorite exercise altogether all together yeah, it's, uh, we, we implement those from time to time and for the same reason. We don't do a ton of overhead pressing. Um, for the longest time, like, I'm like, all right, for our athletes, like, is the overhead press something we need to develop? And I'm like, mm, no. Well, I mean, when you look at the field of competition, almost every sport, very rarely are you ever putting anything up over your head. Yeah. So that it's in my head – for an athlete, that's not a functional move. No, you know you want to you you want to do the the close grip bench mm-hmm. for linemen because they're going to get in there. They're going to get those elbows tight. They're going to get those thumbs together. Going to they're going to strike somebody. Um, you know, any kind of like baseball swing, any kind of softball swing, um, even pitchers. They're like baseball pitchers. They're they're their elbow is going to come above their shoulder when they throw repeatedly, but that's not necessarily. Uh, an, an upward movement. No. Um, so yeah, I, I, training for life, yes. Yeah. <laughs> training to compete, no, no. not it, it's it, it's good for the beach. Yeah, it helps uh, you know helps build your shoulders out. Yeah. Right. And give that give that appearance with the wider shoulders to the narrower waist, which is you know admir- you know what people are looking for. 
Um, I started throwing them in a little bit more for our kids because I heard Louis Simmons say something about, you know, overhead pressing and the fact that you need to, one of our main weak areas is our upper backs. Yep. Right? So forcing them to hold upper back in a static position and then press. But a lot, we don't ever do them do them too heavy uh, with the kids. A lot of time we'll throw it in the warm-up. Yeah. You know, like yeah. four sets of 25, like cranking a bunch of reps out on it. But I, I do enjoy the Arnold press as well myself. Uh, I'll throw those in on uh, if I'm looking to do some accessory work and things like that. All right. So uh, we didn't really talk about, um, you know, actually we, we talked a little bit about it. You said you, you were a, you know, a baseball guy and a football guy growing up. Yep. Uh, you know, if you had to pick your favorite sport to play growing up, and then we could even go to now if you're playing any sports now. Well, heck, so so uh, the good Lord played a very evil trick on me, Coach Witt. I was uh, 5'10 in the seventh grade. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so I was that kid that grew up, and, and, of course, you know, my dad's 6'3", but my mom, short Italian lady, so I got the, uh, I got the Italian gene, um, which are those genes are very short in length. Um, and uh, my, I can't even call my younger sister my little sister because my younger sister is six one. <laughs> so, um, so I, I played I played basketball, and I was gonna I was gonna play high school basketball. Seventh grade I was center, eighth grade I was forward, ninth grade I went out to the the two guard, and then tenth grade I got cut because they didn't need a point guard who could post people up. So, uh, <laughs> so I really dedicated myself. Uh, at that point, I said, Listen, I got in the car that night. I, my dad says, how'd it go? I go, Dad, I got cut. Never been cut from anything before in my life. Uh, he goes, well, get your butt in the weight room. I said, okay. Had to, had to process that a little bit. So I go, Flip, I'm going to be a 5'10 guy. I'm going to be 5'10 and jacked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so dedicated myself in the weight room and uh, went from, you know, a, a sophomore weighing about 145, 150 at 5'10", to about my senior year, I was sitting about 185, um, and uh, played really concentrated on football and baseball. Um, right now, I, like last night, just uh, so I'm on a Tuesday night softball league in Ann Arbor with, uh, with the wonderful Coach Fisher. Oh, Ryan Fisher uh, got me hooked into a group of guys a couple, week, or a couple years ago uh, as a sub, and the next thing you know, it was a couple weeks in a row. Then it was all of a sudden I got the team shirt, mm-hmm. and now, now I've, I'm, I've, I play the hot corner Tuesday night, third base. <laughs> uh, so I play Tuesday night softball here in the Ann Arbor League. We actually just uh, beat the Cottage Inn last night, the Cottage Inn squad. We beat them 17-2. to two, Nice. And then turned around and beat another team pretty easily. Um, a lot of fun doing that. Keeps me active. And I play golf. You know, uh, as much as I possibly can. So, well, uh, yeah. That softball, that cottage in softball team. Our buddy George Mikos isn't on that team, is he? George Mikos isn't, but his brother Theo is. His brother is. Um, yeah, George, George is more the basketball guy. They uh, they do the Ann Arbor League basketball, the uh, cottage in pepperonis. They're uh, <laughs> supposed to be pretty good. Um, I only hear I only hear legendary stories from mm. coach Mikos as you can imagine yeah just just a few <laughs> just a few <laughs> I gotta I want to get him on here next because uh, he'll he'll be fun he'll be a blast he'll be fun to talk about so all right so all right growing up you started with basketball transitioned to football baseball yep. and uh, now you're, you're playing some rec league and uh, softball and 
uh, getting out there on the golf course every once in a while. Now, now with golf, right? Like I've talked with a lot of people about golf. It's one of those games that I think I enjoy playing it. Um, I go, I don't go enough to get any good. You know, I can hit a five iron and that's it. Yeah. You know, get to the green and you know, in two and then three putt for double bogey. Perfect. You know, <laughs> sounds like my kind of game. <laughs> <laughs> you know, um, it's uh, and then we play play golf with guys like Phil Jacobs. That you know, it, it almost looks easy to him as he just you know crushes the ball a mile and then puts well and does all these things. Yeah, I think uh, I haven't played with Phil yet, but I, what I hear he's got a pretty complete game. Mm-hmm. Hits the ball a mile and then has the soft hands around the green and the approach shots. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's 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 definitely. Uh, it's one of those games that humbles you. Mm-hmm. It absolutely humbles you. How hard can it be to hit a little white ball that's standing still? Well, you got to hit it straight. Yep. Actually, you got to hit it first, yep. <laughs> and then you hope that it goes straight, yep. which is usually never the case. No, not for me. Usually, yeah. and no. you and you get so far inside your own head, like this is so simple. Why is this so hard? <laughs> Why won't you go home? Yes, go to your home. <laughs> That's why I like playing. I like playing golf with Tony Quint because <laughs> he like he takes it somewhat seriously, but then at the same time, you know, we're listening to like gangster rap as we're playing. So, hey, what else would you do? <laughs> you know, it's, it's the the melding of two perfect worlds right there. Yep, he, a, a nice nature walk and uh, you know a little NWA. Yeah, he he taught me about the the Bluetooth speaker in the cup holder trick because it oh. amplifies the sound oh yeah so you're you know you're out there and you can hear you know gangster's paradise as we're, we're scrolling around the green and all the all the you know high-end <laughs> golfers are looking at us like who let those guys in here stay away from those dudes yeah yeah all right <laughs> moving moving down the list here uh tony quinn previous guest on the on the show as well way back at like episode like six or something like that love love coach quint yeah. love that guy mm-hmm. um next one is uh, i can guess i can guess i have two different guesses here but i'm gonna let you answer this question your favorite sport to watch Ooh, favorite sport to watch so my my unfortunate um addiction i guess with with watching sports is i'm a tiger fan detroit tiger fan through and through um not a lot of people claim that. I think more people claim um, being a Lions fan, <laughs> even though they haven't done really anything since 1957. Um, but uh, watching Detroit Tigers play, watching those, uh, even though we haven't had the greatest of teams, we've had some legends come through uh, the Motor City and, and wear that old English D. Uh, and once again, like that, that feeling you get when you walk into um, – Comerica Park and you see the green grass and, and the, uh, the skyline out in center field or when you go you know back when I was a kid you go down to Tiger Stadium you know we would uh, we would take the dot bus down about a 25 minute bus ride you can get a, a, a bleacher seat for eight bucks and catch a you know catch the Tigers versus the Yankees mm-hmm. and sit in left field and harass Dave Winfield and then the place was so empty. Dave Winfield, your 
you're not only harassing him, but you're having a conversation with Dave Winfield about George Steinbrenner. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, those two have a legendary relationship. Mm-hmm. So he was, he was very colorful in his replies about <laughs> Mr. Steinbrenner. Um, yeah, so, I, you know, baseball is fantastic. Uh, I, I love watching it. It's, it's good to have on in the background. Um, and it's like College World Series is, is going right now. And, and to watch uh, these young athletes play at that high level, um, it's amazing. And it's, that's, that's exciting because they're not using wooden bats. They're using uh, composite bats and aluminum bats um, and, and the pop and the power that these young athletes have. I love, I love watching it. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it's and a couple of years ago, Michigan made a national title run. They did, they did. They uh, um, they made a fantastic a fantastic run. They they, I watched them this year. Um, I think they played. They lost to Central Michigan in an elimination game like two weeks ago. Mm-hmm. Um, they they kind of had a little bit of a rough go at it, but uh, you like to see the Wolverines get back on in the mix in that that College World Series run. So. Yeah, so we're, we're watching baseball. I still have not been down uh, to Comerica Park since moving here to see the, as uh, Uncle Terry, Wayne County Life says, the big city kitties. There you go. There the you Detroit go. Tigers. It's, uh, it, you, can, you can make a fantastic day of it. There's so much to do in downtown Detroit now, um, especially right up and down Woodward. You can go and hit, you know, uh, Chelly's. You can go and hit a couple restaurants. You can, uh, you know, then hang out at the game walk across we always park at um where's park at the the casino because you can park there for free Mm -hmm. and then you just kind of walk your way down woodward and um you know there used to be a guy who would uh he had a he had the big tiger paw mug Mm -hmm. and he would sit there and shake basically he's collecting money and uh just chant over and over again eat them up tigers eat them up (laughs) And, and it was all day every time you were there yeah uh absolute legend it was, it was great to see. Oh, yeah. uh, I want to try to get down there down there this summer. The, the Yankees already came through, so I don't, I don't know if they're going to be back again or not. Detroit's probably got to go there. Yeah, I think I think they've they've run their they've run their run here, but maybe maybe we can pick something up in the second half of the season. Yeah, I'd even go watch the Mets. My 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 grandfather was a diehard Yankees fan, uh, but he was one of those guys that. They never did anything right. <laughs> well, well, of course. <laughs> there aren't very many sports fans of any sport that believes that any head coach ever does anything right. Oh, God, no, <laughs> no. Right? Like, like poor Jim Harbaugh can't catch a break no. around here. No. Right? Everybody's, no. uh, everybody's, you know, wishing, wishing him ill, but I thought they're fans. Like, you should be wanting him to do well. Right, right. Um, it's, it's completely backwards. You know, it, you, you, I guess – you know, I guess Jim Harbaugh isn't sitting at his his uh, tax accountant's desk criticizing everything that guy does and, and no. second guessing that. But you know, that tax accountant's probably sticking it to Coach Harbaugh every chance he gets, yelling at the TV. So yep, yep. Uh, see it all the time. It's a crazy phenomenon here in the United States. I'm sure yeah. it's probably not only here, but I know it's all over. Everybody knows better. Yeah, like I can remember my grandfather like. A Rod, his nickname for A Rod was useless. <laughs> <laughs> the dude, he hits bombs. Yeah, like, hit bombs all the time. How, you know how hard? Like we talked about golf, hitting a, a white ball that's standing still, mm-hmm. and people can't do that. 
here comes this ball. It's moving at 85 to 90 miles an hour on average, mm-hmm. and it's not coming straight. Yep. And you've got to hit it with something that's round. Yep. Oh, my gosh. Yep. Never, never, uh, he never liked a rod. Um, he loved Jeter, of course, because everybody loved well, Jeter. The captain. Yeah, nobody, nobody, nobody ever said a bad thing about Derek Jeter. Uh, but when Joe Torre, and you think, right, I think how many championships Joe Torre win for the Yankees as the manager, right? He would come walking out and, oh, man, wish that guy would choke on a peach pit. That's what he'd say. <laughs> That's terrible. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm looking at him like. What, what does he say about the current manager? Oh, yeah. uh, he passed oh. in 20. I was in my first year in North Carolina, so that would have been uh, the fall, October of 2015, I believe it was. He he passed, but yeah, he. What would he say about oh, this? No, you know, because the, the Yankees aren't the Yankees of old right now. No. They're kind of struggling through some stuff. No, no, he he wouldn't he wouldn't like them like them at all. He'd uh, he probably want them to get rid of Aaron Judge. Yep. Um, and want Joe Torre back. Yep. Yeah, he he would want to get rid of them, get rid of them all. But we used to have a lot of fun uh, watching watching baseball. And somewhere, my my I think my wife slipped a Detroit Tigers shirt into my dresser drawer. Uh, so I, I can go support the big city kitties and the, there you and go. the Detroit Tigers too. There you go. We're the old English D with pride. Uh, all right. So moving moving on here, we're almost to the end of the speed set questions. Um, you know, we talked a little bit about food, about, you know, wings and diners, drive-ins and dives and man versus food and all that. But do you have a, a favorite dish that you like? Favorite um, food? I, I'm pretty sure, Coach Witt, I would turn any food into a taco. Absolutely. And actually, uh, on the, the, the text thread that I have with all my high school buddies, I started that in a text and – it went for three days of just replies. We turned we turned kibasa and sauerkraut into a taco. We made dessert tacos. We made everything. That it, my one buddy, it was a pierogi taco. So <laughs> I mean, it was. I think there was even some beef jerky tacos in there. And it was. It would. It. I would. I would open up a food truck mm-hmm. of everything tacos. Because I think you truly you can have a breakfast taco, scrambled eggs, yeah. bacon, sausage in there. Um, you can even take uh, 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 cinnamon rolls, put them in a in a uh, uh, tortilla press, in a panini press, cook them, let them be the shell, mm-hmm. fill the middle with some goodness. Wow, I've and never it, heard of that, but that's well, brilliant. Yeah, I mean, why not? Tacos, are food of the future, uh, portable, delicious. Yeah. Completely customizable in any Completely way. Completely customizable. Wow, yeah. Now you got me thinking. It, it it's with with tacos. I, I hear Mexican food and tacos probably the most when I ask people this question. So it seems to be something that's very popular amongst a lot of people. Uh, but those different things you just talked about got me thinking. Now you know, not not good when I'm trying to you know keep the caloric intake low right now. You know. So coach coach Witt, So you went you went wings. For the question, mm-hmm. um, being a taco fan, mm-hmm. do you go soft taco or crunchy taco? Oh, soft shell. Oh, yeah. Oh. I'm, I'm a soft shell guy. Flour like, or I, corn? I um, doesn't matter. Okay. I grew up on that because that's when, when we would have tacos and my mom would make them. Uh, when I was a kid, it was always you know she'd buy the big 
you know, tortilla shells mm -hmm. and heat them up in the microwave for yep. about 10 seconds and roll them up and you're good to go. Yeah, I'm not, not, as, not as much of a, a hard shell guy. Mm. Um, I didn't, you know, I'm not a big Taco Bell person, but I went through a, a spurt when I was a kid with those chalupas, those baked. Yes, yes, that's, that's close to a, a Food Network fan. You've seen the puffy tacos? Oh, that that looks like heaven. Haven't found a puffy taco, but a chalupa is about as close as you can get to it around here. Mm -hmm. I saw a thing the other day too that they're like baking cheese into the shell. Now. Yeah, yeah. Like, good God. Yeah, it's, it's getting out of control. But it is, but I love it. it yes. At the same time, now when I'm trying to keep the calories down, uh, but you know, right. On the, the time when you're just going to say, you know, screw it, go. The war on carbs. The great war on carbs. Yeah, that 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 has come in and out. Um, yeah. I've done those done those things. We call them small battles here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like Lexington and Concord against <laughs> carbs. Now, not as much a full blown war. Uh, just a battle within the war. All right. So our last thing we're going to talk about here in the speed set questions is we're going to talk about music. Yes, sir. Um, you know. Uh, you've been around our program for a long time. We're big in, in the music and the Iron Dread program. We got all our different theme days uh, when we're training and we listen to. We're recording this on a, on a Wednesday. So today was, you know, Wu-Tang Wednesday. We listen to, you know, hip-hop and, and all that, um, 90s and early 2000s hip-hop for Wu-Tang Wednesday. But if you had, you know, what are some of your favorite music genres and, you know, what gets you fired up? Um. So I have the same playlist, my workout playlist. I've probably got like six and a half hours on there, and I just just pick it up where I left off last time. And it's it's a pretty eclectic blend. Um, it's everything from probably like my the song that really gets me going when I'm in like in the squat rack or anything is uh, "Fuel" by Metallica. Mm -hmm. It that it just it just starts ripping, and it gets the blood flowing pretty good. But then I take it back to something like. Uh, um, uh, I'll throw some prints in there, you know. Let's go crazy, mm -hmm. and then you come back out with uh, with with Beast, and then you take it back over to uh, Freedom by George Michael, mm -hmm. and then you roll in some AC/DC, uh, you know. Which I mean, you can reach in a bucket of AC/DC songs and pull out any one of them. Yeah, they're all good, and, and they're all good. It's yep. like pizza; it's good. How how bad could it be? Um, so it's, it, it's it's a little bit all over the map. Um, but then there's also, um, you know, definitely some Wu Tang in there. Um, you know, uh, baby, I got your money. Mm. And, old dirty, old dirty. Rest in peace, old dirty. Yep. And uh, uh, you know, then then you come back with obviously who you you cannot refute Dr. Dre mm. with anything, whether he's yep. with uh, Dr. Dre and Ice Cube or it's N.W.A. or Dr. Dre and Snoop. Um, it, 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 in my in my head, when I grew up and when I, you know, worked my way through that, my my late teens, twenties, into my thirties, Dr. Dre is he is the standard by which I judge hip hop, uh, hip -hop mm -hmm. by. Yep. You know, um, so that's he, he is he is smooth. He's 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 articulate. Mm -hmm. He's his rhymes are brilliant. Um, yeah, it's. Dr. Dre's the man. And not only with, with Dre, is not only uh, himself and what he what he would rhyme and the beats he would create, but he produced the whole record. Yes, he did. 
Right? And then now, like, he's done, you know, some people don't even realize, right, just because it's not a, a Dr. Dre track. Well, Dre found Eminem. Yes. Dre found 50 Cent. Dre has, has brought all these people to the forefront that, you know, arguably you might even say that, you know, that Dre helped make Snoop. Oh, completely. You completely. Know, you know, when Dre he went to death row uh, and then Snoop came to death row and ain't nothing but a G thing came out, well, that, that took Snoop and brought Snoop to the top. Absolutely. Absolutely. And he's not in the public eye as much as, say, a Snoop. Right. You know, Dre's kind of... You know, well, what did he say? I forgot about Dre. Just, just give me one more platinum plaque, and then you know, screw rap. You can have it back. And he just lays, lays back. Yep. You know, but I mean, he he is, and the and the culture of of hip hop and from hip hop starting, if there was a Mount Rushmore of the most influential people in hip hop, Dre would have to be on that. Ooh, I uh, I completely agree. I think I think Dr. Dre is up there. I think. Um, uh, Jam Master J mm-hmm. from Rum DMC. Um, I also think maybe throw in um, uh, Mike D from the Beastie Boys. Mm-hmm. And trying to think who else I would put in there. Maybe uh, maybe we go back to uh, maybe maybe pre hip hop and we throw in um, um, George Clinton from Parliament Funkadelic because how much. How much music has been sampled from him yeah. as the backbeats for all these over and over again, over and over again? Um, yeah. Mm-hmm. Any, anytime we get talking about hip hop, I always tell people, and our listeners are probably going to—I don't know what I'm going to talk about. There is an evolution of hip hop um, docu series on Netflix, and my wife and I watched that, and we loved it. It was—it started with hip hop in you know in Brooklyn. Um, and then it went all around to different parts of the country. And, and you know, there was a, an episode on Dre. There was an episode on Eminem going down to Atlanta and the South and all over. It was it was pretty cool. And if you're a hip-hop fan, it's worth worth watching. I'll check that out. When summertime hits, I'll have some time to kick back and start taking in some well, of the goodness. Get to, get to relax a little bit after a crazy school year. Yeah. <laughs> The crazy school year, but uh, part of the music situation is as a guest on the show, you get to pick a weight room song of the week that goes on our Iron Dread weight room song of the week playlist on Spotify. Um, I play a little sample of it at the end. Um, I used to play a lot longer samples, <laughs> and then and then finally the uh, the um, people uh, at the podcast were like, stop. Stop playing all that music. I'm not trying to violate any copyright laws, folks. I'm just trying to let people enjoy the music. Yes, just take it. Let's see. I'm I'm kind of scrolling through my playlist right here. Um, Let's see. Uh, How about a little... um, I mean, who who doesn't like Dr. Feelgood by Motley Crue? Dr. Feelgood, Motley Crue, uh, a whole, a whole another genre that we didn't even touch yeah. on right there, yeah. and the and Motley Crue in the '80s, '80s rock, '90s rock, uh, the the pre-grunge, yes, pre-grunge yeah. era, era rock. Have you seen that movie that that they made? Um, yes, yeah. yes, yeah, that was that was good. I, I someone said, oh, you got to read the book. 
You got to read the book. Yeah. I thought the movie was much better. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm usually gonna watch the movie before yeah. I read the book. Um, but yeah, the the dirt Motley Crue. All right, so we'll add Motley Crue's Doctor Feelgood uh, to our Iron Dread Weight Room Song of the Week playlist on Spotify. Remember, you can find that in the show notes or just search on Spotify Iron Dread Weight Room Song of the Week, and you will find that playlist that will con- include this song and every other song. That has been added from all our previous episodes. All right, so Mr. Canning, uh, we're getting close to the end here. We got some, uh, we got some students lining up outside the door, um, but a couple of other things before I let you go. Uh, anything interesting people might not know about you? Oh, let's see. Uh, you know, I, I, it's it's kind of tough to say. Like that, that's a tough question. Like when when someone asks you that, mm-hmm. you're like, you know, like I'm not a very interesting person. I don't know mm-hmm. what I would say. Um, you know, I just I, I've got I've got a group of friends that, and I'm talking like guys that, like, there's like twelve of us, and at least seven of us went to kindergarten together, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then we kind of, as this mass of of friends moved their way through our school career. We kind of clicked other guys on and built them on. And we got, there's like 12 of us. And um, there's some of the most important people in my life. Uh, I truly believe they've shaped me and turned me into the person today. Uh, and like the, the importance of having people like that in your life. Uh, I, I know that I could go to any of them at any time. And they're there for me. And most of them, you know, most of them live back over on the east side where I grew up, uh, northeast side of Detroit. Um, but a couple are, you know, one guy lives in Singapore. Uh, a couple guys live out, out east, one guy out west. Um, it, it's seriously, it's it's they're the taco truck text guys. Mm-hmm. It's we think alike. We can guess each other's next move. And at the same time, our families are kind of are really close together. Um, like that friendship that you have if you have the chance to build a group of friends like that in your lifetime take every opportunity to do it because it you know here we are it's like you know almost 45 years later and you know we're experiencing life together mm-hmm. and seeing some of the greatest things so it's uh i don't know if it's very interesting but that you know i, I look at people around that i interact with and I, I don't hear them talk about having a group like that. That people mm-hmm. they know you, they know where you're from, they know what you're about, um, they know your next thought, mm-hmm. and they're there. To, you know, they're there to catch you when you fall, they're there to patch you on your back when you succeed, regardless, unconditionally. Mm-hmm. Um, I I've been fortunate in my life to to acquire a group of friends like that, and it's uh it's been a big part of who I am. Yeah, uh, for sure. It's one of the, one of those things where. Uh, I know you, you said it. You're 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 blessed to have that that group of people that you've been you've been close with, and it it does help help shape us. Some people go through life, and they have people come in and out of their lives, um, and I think we all do to some some extent. But you know when, and I have it too. I have my guys, my guys in New York, uh, and I've been friends. You know, my best man at my wedding. You know, him and I have been friends. We were infants, right? When, you know, young young babies right we grew up together and it when you have those people right and you get to live life right so now i'm at the point in my life where all my friends are starting to have families yep 
right? So it's like it's just cool to see us all all grow, and, and you, you can't beat that. Having those people that have known you forever, they know what, who you are, they know what you stand for, they know they know the good, the bad, and the ugly of, uh, about you. Oh, yeah, um, a lot they, of ugly. They were, lot of ugly. Because <laughs> they were there with you the whole time. Yes, right? sir. Um, so, yeah, that is that is really cool. All right, so the, the last thing I have for you before I let you go here that I wouldn't keep you too long, um, do you have any uh, public or professional social media pages that if somebody listened to your episode and they want to give you a shout-out and say, hey, you know, Mr. Canning, I really enjoyed your episode on the I Am um, podcast? I, you can find me on Facebook. You can also find me uh, on Facebook, Twitter, or, um, or Instagram, uh, just personal stuff. You know, I usually do social media to keep up with friends and family. Okay. Um, but, yeah, I'm on there, and it's uh, know, something to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, usually turns into a time suck, but it, it's a good way to stay connected with people. Mm-hmm. It's, uh, so a lot of your, your social media is personal, yep. uh, so we won't list any of those things. But I do remember, we can talk about quickly before we let these kids in here, uh, coming from North Carolina, me sending you Twitter messages. Oh, yes. <laughs> Yes. Out of the blue, I start getting Twitter messages from this guy, and he's asking me questions about, hey, you're looking for a strength and conditioning coach. You're looking for this. And I'm like, heck, yeah. You know, just sending them. And, and uh, I don't know, last week he said, I didn't reply, coach. I went back through, and Did I you? found some replies. Did you? I found some replies in there. Um, All right. it, was, it was, what, about five, five or six years ago, I believe. Oh, yeah. I was still um, in Sanford. Yep. And, uh, you know, you uh, we are super fortunate that we have you, Coach Witt, here at Dexter High School, uh, not only as a teacher, but as a coach, and more importantly, as a strength and conditioning coach. Um, it was something that when I was coaching here uh, for a long time, like that's when you look around at surrounding schools and what they had and what we didn't have. That was a key element that I felt that we did not have. Um, like a, a strength and conditioning coach for every sport that all athletes had access to, that they all ran through the same program, and that coach knew what you needed and knew what you didn't need. Mm-hmm. Um, that there, like hiring you, helped us level up our athletic game across the board. Because um, as, as a head coach, you know, such an important element and you want to have that be a part of your program but it's one more thing as a head coach that you have to do mm-hmm. you know and then to convince to convince a kid who doesn't who plays football but also plays baseball that they got to be in the weight room and they're saying well my baseball coach or you know I'm not cracking baseball coaches but basketball coaches oh they don't want me to shoot it's going to throw off my shot they don't want to do this when you look at professional athletes you tell me LeBron James does not see the inside of a weight room Mm-hmm. The man is a specimen, mm-hmm. you know. And, and when you look at professional golfers, you know Tiger Woods, you know started off not in the weight room, and you looked at him as he developed his game, uh, and he started losing that natural strength and natural flexibility. He hit the weight room, and the dude got absolutely jacked, mm-hmm. and allowed him to become one of the greatest golfers ever. Dominant, absolute at dominant. One point. Um, that. So when I hear coaches say. No, my kids shouldn't train. They shouldn't do this because it throws off this or they throw off that. Um, I would challenge that coach and say, point to one, one successful athlete that doesn't train. 
and it's 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 impossible. Yep. It's impossible. If you want to have success, and you want to have longevity, and you want to be injury free, and you want to compete at the highest level you possibly can, mm-hmm. if you don't step in a weight room, then you should really rethink the time that you're spending on the field of competition. Agreed. Agreed. And on top of that, confidence. Oh, so much. The confidence that is built. And I appreciate all the nice things you said, by the way, before we move on too far. Right? But confidence that is being built underneath that bar. Oh, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And you want, like, everybody talks about lifetime fitness. Like, the, pro- the problem that you'll run into is uh, as you get older, you'll still continue to eat like you're 18. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that weight training element kind of goes away. And then you start to see a shift in your body. Yep. So you go from training and you're like, well, I don't need to train because I'm not competing. All right. Well, I'll tell you right now, um, if that's the approach you take, you know, it's it's going to be rough because you're going to you're going to get injured getting out of bed. Yep. You know, you train for life. Someone asked me, like, well, oh, my gosh, why? Why are you training like that? I'm like, well, I'd like to live <laughs> and and be able to move pretty freely when I'm 60, 70, 80 years old mm-hmm. um, and not have to not have to limit what I do. So if I can spend, you know, you spend half hour, 45 minutes a day throwing around some weight, fighting gravity, um, your bone density goes up, your muscle mass goes up, make sure you stretch, maintain that flexibility, and, and you won't hurt your back when you sneeze. Yep. You know, or when you're doing work in the yard. Or you're doing work in or, the yard. Or having to move something. You know, it, it's... I preach about it all the time, and and our our method and our system that we use, I apply it with people from our our athletes here, all the way to you know people that are getting older and getting ready to retire. Like I, I've taken this conjugate method and applied it across every different type of person there is, and then there's benefits. Um, one of the things we say at the end of each show: strength is never a weakness, weakness is never a strength. I stole that from Mark Bell, Super Training Gym. That's uh, words of wisdom to live by right there. That's that's what it is. So, All right, Mr. Canning, well, I won't keep you too much longer. We're going to get these kids in here for their final health and wellness class. I thank you for your time. appreciate you being on the show. Hey, thanks for having me on, Coach Witt, and uh, I appreciate everything you do uh, at Dexter High School and for Dexter students, and uh, dread strong, brother. Thank you. We'll have you back soon. All right. So there you have it. Uh, thank you again for Mr. Canning stopping in and uh, getting to talk with us for a while. Great episode. Hopefully you enjoyed it. We'll be back with this week's Weight Room Song of the Week and the conclusion of our show. You're listening to the Iron Dread Podcast. Hi, this is Karen Walls from the Dexter High School Administrative Team, and you're listening to the Iron Dread Podcast. Yes, this week's Weight Room Song of the Week, sponsored, as always, by Crank It Up DJ Service and Line Dance Instruction, and chosen by our special guest, Mr. Ken Koenig, this week, is Dr. Feelgood, 
and Motley Crue. Remember, you can find this song and every Weight Room Song of the Week song from our show on our Spotify playlist. Just go to Spotify and search Iron Dread Weight Room Song of the Week to listen to all these Weight Room Song of the Week selections in their entirety. So there you have it, folks. This week's Weight Room Song of the Week, Dr. Feel Good by Motley Crue, chosen by our guest, Mr. Ken Canning. Again, remember, you can find this song and all our Weight Room Song of the Week songs on our Iron Dread Weight Room Song of the Week playlist on Spotify. Give it a follow to keep up with all these songs in their entirety and enjoy them. Uh, Going to play only about 30-second clips of these every episode. Um, So if you want to hear the full song, go and check it out on Spotify. So until next time, folks, remember, strength is never a weakness. Tough people always win. Around here, we're becoming dread stronger. I'm Chris Whitaker, signing off.